Welcome to the 1830 Podcast Network. All right, welcome to the 1830 Podcast Network. Uh, today we have uh, Cody with us today. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And then we actually have Sue Porter in from out of town today. So uh, just a little background. I was in Michigan this last summer, uh, went to church up there, and was able to uh, talk to Sue, and I think we shut the place down because they were kicking us out of there because we were talking too long. So uh, we just basically said we'll just do a podcast next time we see each other. And now she was here for the women's retreat. So uh, we stopped by today. We're going to do a podcast. So I'd like to introduce everybody to Sue Porter. Hey, um, thanks, Tony and uh, Cody. Um, I'm happy to share this. Uh, I have a beautiful story, I think, about my husband, Adam. Um I was really blessed uh, to be married to him for almost 40 years. And uh, as a young child, just to back up, I way back uh, around 13 years old, I had prayed that I would meet uh, a really uh, godly man who would um, be a wonderful husband. And that uh, prayer was answered. And uh, so anyways, we got married right around the age of 20. And, uh, but he always warned me, he goes, I'm probably not going to live a long life. And I'm like, what do you mean? And, uh, he would talk about his grandpas a lot. Uh, he had two grandfathers, uh, each one died around 60 and 61. And they talked, he talked a lot about, um, his grandpa Lloyd, how he, uh, went to the doctor's office. The whole family was out there because they're going to go on a picnic. And then, um, Two minutes after walking to the doctor's office, the doctor comes out and says, Lloyd is dead. You're like, what do you mean? He just walked through the door. Um, fast forward, that's exactly how Adam died. Um, walked out a door and he just died. So let's, so, let's get a little context. That So this was, when did he pass away? Adam? Yeah. July 12th, 2020. 2020. Okay, so a little over two years ago. Yep. And how long were you guys married before that? Uh, 39... <laughs> 39 years and 11 months. Okay. Wow. Okay. And so I guess let's get, we like to do a little farther background there. So uh, tell us a little bit about like you were born in the church or he was born in the church. Like how did that, how, let's get that Adam, going. Adam was born in the church. I was not. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, I was raised in uh, White Bear Lake, Minnesota. And uh, Adam lived in Flint, Michigan. And the way I met him is after high school, I got a job at a Girl Scout camp. And um, on the very last time off that I had off, he, um, I went home with a friend and she introduced me to him. So I met him, um, I only saw him once. And I flew back to Minnesota, went to college. We wrote letters. Um, about 14 months later, I um, decided to buy a plane ticket, take a week off college because I had to see if this guy's worth my time, <laughs> worth <the> time. <laughs> because we're writing letters three times a week and stamps for 22 cents. And I was like, <laughs> this is adding up. I gotta, so, uh, this gotta is make a move. <laughs> he's taking a lot of my time with writing. So I got to see if he's worth my time. So um, in October of uh, 79, I flew to Flint, stayed a week. In March, he came to uh, Minnesota, checked out my family, stayed for a week, and then he uh, calls me a few days later, or a couple weeks, whatever, and um, says, I'm going to quit my job and quit school and everything, and I'm going to be uh, coming over, and I'll be there Monday between 7 and 7.15, and I believe that was like a Saturday night, 
And uh, my mom and I were like, okay, are we cleaning the house again for him? Because <laughs> I'm a family of seven kids. Um, and then I says, Monday is April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing a trick. Um, but I, So I'm not going to change my work schedule, but I will be home at 7, because I would be anyways. Sure enough, 7.15, he's there. Uh, so that was on April 1st, and by August 23rd, we were married. Wow. And uh, his family was not too excited about it, neither was mine, because we really didn't know each other. So, um, but... Did you explain the stamps thing to them? <laughs> <laughs> These stamps are adding up. <laughs> it financially so, doesn't make sense. So. Yeah. So, but one of the things I was studying in college was uh, American Indian history. And he explained to me, or said to me, he goes, I'd like to uh, share what I know about American Indian history. And so he was telling me about the Book of Mormon, and I thought that was really neat. And um, so we, um, I quickly uh, became interested in the Church of Christ and uh, less interested in the Catholic Church. Uh, and, uh, and then in 1989, I was baptized in the church. Awesome. And, uh, but my husband had grown up in it. And, okay. And then, so I guess a little more backstory on that then would be when you got married, was he a minister in the church? Was he? No, he okay. became a minister about 10 years later. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, and then within the ministry, um, you know, we just traveled to a lot of reunions. We, um, you know, we were full gun-ho, and then, um, you know, we just were, um, I thought we were, it was a fun um, way to raise our kids, just being around church people and go to this reunion and that reunion, and it, after he died, I was like, I'm not going to stop going to reunions, because I always felt like I um, became filled up, you know, uh, spiritually, it's like, I feel so good, and I love being around uh people and I love talking so I was like I'm not going to just stop doing what we did for 40 years yeah, I'm going to continue doing this and I have been so um, I enjoy it I either fly where I'm going or I take my car or I take my motor home so you traded in the price of stamps for gas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you did <laughs> so that's so that's great so then Okay, so we're, they, he became a minister 10 you said about 10 months or 10 years after uh, about 10 years after he married I don't have the date, but um, uh, basically for about 30 years, he was a minister. Okay. Mm. And you guys were, the whole time you were always in Michigan then, or? Yeah, we always lived in Michigan. We started off in Flint, and there was a Flint local. Uh, due to um, uh, wanting to do a, a job change and uh, a location change, uh, we uh, moved to Gaylord, Michigan for 10 years. And, um, and then that way we weren't quite so far from Minnesota where my family was or Wisconsin, my grandparents. So we were a little bit closer for that reason. And, uh, so then we would travel for a church because we did not have a local up there. And, uh, we thought there was, but Maple City local was close by, but they had, um, just, uh, located it. I mean, they just, they stopped meeting. Okay. Um, so then... 
Okay, so was he the pastor for most of that that time? Yeah, he became pastor when we moved to, um, we lived in Gaylord for 10 years. And then in 1996, we moved to Middleville, Michigan and started going to the Bradley local. And for many of those years, he was pastor. And Bradley's where the church is at right now. And the now. Bradley is the Church of Christ in um, uh, just south of Grand Rapids. Okay, so... I was I actually vacationed um, to go see Jeff and Michelle Oldham this summer, and I was that's where uh, we talked about this. But I had no idea because my whole life growing up, I didn't realize there was that many locals in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan. Like there used to be more people there and everything. So for me, when I heard that this summer, I was kind of taken back by that. So mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was trying to get a little more information about that because I didn't know if there was you know multiple locals. So right now, there's only just the Bradley local in Michigan, right? Unfortunately, okay. yes. Gotcha. Unfortunately, we had a few more, but it hasn't been that long ago that a few more um, had to close their doors. And uh, so, um, but we are um, hoping and praying that that reverses soon. And you're having so, a pig roast this Saturday, right? This Saturday, we're having a pig roast. Yeah. And so I don't, I didn't tell you this, but we had a visitor in, uh, we had church this morning, a sacrament service, and Sue uh, announced that there is a pig roast in Michigan, and we had a visitor. Uh, their son, and he looks over at his parents and says, I'm not going to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and so Lindsay and I laughed at that because I was like, well, he's clearly he's got something against Michigan or pig roast, but he said he wasn't going to Michigan. But <laughs> if, if we get this podcast out before, then everybody's welcome to the, to the Michigan pig roast. So There you go. It's uh, generally the third week of every September. We've done it for 26 years now. So uh, this year it is delayed. Um, however, generally the third weekend in September. So we plan on that. Um, one of the things I want to talk about and tell you about, we went to a lot of reunions. Uh, one thing, uh, the last big trip Adam and I did, uh, together in uh, July of 2019 was go to Honduras. Oh, tell us more about that. Uh, Ronnie had asked us to come down and asked us if we would do a a woman's retreat. I mean, I'm sorry. I did do a woman's deal, but also, um, it's Ronnie Ronnie Gill down in Ronnie Gill. Yep. In Honduras. And uh, asked us to do a pre-marriage retreat. So Adam and I had a lot of fun uh, preparing for that. And we worked out our lessons together. And uh, me being a teacher, you know, it's like, okay, we do this. But Adam had all kinds of great ideas and we really worked hard on it. And uh, besides our own personal suitcases, we took down a suitcase um, full of all the craft supplies and everything we needed to run all these workshops we were going to do. And uh, we, at the airport, it weighed in at 49 and a half pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Anything over 50, you're paying extra. So, um, but we had a lot of fun doing that. How long were you down there in Honduras for? We were there three weeks. Oh, wow. In the summertime? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, so that was July of 2019. And what's kind of interesting, um, uh, a few days before we flew home, um, Adam and Ronnie had uh, a couple of visits lined up, uh, day trips to go up in the mountains to different congregations. And so uh, it was on a Thursday morning. He, I made him breakfast before he left, but he just really wouldn't eat it. And I was like, you have to eat your breakfast. He goes, I'm not hungry today. I'm like, you need to eat your breakfast. You're going to have a big day with Ronnie. And so he did eat a little bit. And um, so anyways, he left. Um, when he came back at night, uh, he told me, he said that, um, I had, um, a really uh, interesting experience today. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, well, we were climbing up the mountain. We are a quarter of the way up. And, um, 
he goes, I stopped to rest. He goes, but I passed out. He goes, I, um, and then I had, um, quite the spiritual experience. He goes, God was talking to me and he goes, I just really don't know a lot. You know, he goes, I, there's some things I'm just, you know, really trying to figure out, but he, but he goes, I had this experience. And as he's talking, one thing I regret is that um, I became a nagging wife and was like, I told you, you should have <laughs> ate a bigger breakfast. And so he was wanting to tell me more and I shut him down because he didn't eat a bigger breakfast. And I'm like, <sighs> and you told him to, <laughs> and I told him to, and he didn't listen. And, but then now I feel bad because I wasn't listening to him, what he had to tell me about this spiritual experience. So um, I said, well, then you better not go tomorrow because the following day we're going to fly home. And uh, so we kind of had a disagreement about whether he's going to go or not. He says, I told Ronnie I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, fine, then you're eating your breakfast and you're taking snacks. And, and um, he wasn't diabetic, but he did have to have food and just like anybody. And um, so the next uh, morning he left and I... Um, was like the nagging wife and I'm like <laughs> and, uh, and I told Ronnie here's his backpack he's got food in there and you know almost being like a mom and, and he, Adam was just kind of irritated but hmm. um, but <laughs> anyways they left and Joni comes over Joni Gill Ronnie's wife and she says and she asked me did Adam tell you what happened yesterday and I was like yeah he said that uh, he passed out and uh, he God was talking to him and she said that um well, Ronnie said he's never been more scared in his life. And I'm like, well, he'll be better today. He ate. And uh, she goes, Ronnie said he was really scared. And I told him he should not take Adam. But Ronnie said that Adam is God's servant, not mine. If Adam wants to go, I'm taking Adam. So they went. They came back. Everything was fine. No big deal. Uh, and the next day we flew home. Um, so, uh, then a year goes by and, um, throughout the year, um, closer to, oh, around, um, the March, April, May, June, um, he was kind of talking of more 2020. of 2020 and, uh, um, COVID hit. In March of 2020. Oh, I remember COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah you remember COVID. Yeah, and uh, so things started getting kind of weird. But um, I'm going to back up just a tiny bit. When we got uh, before we left Honduras, Adam did get a text message uh, from his sister saying that uh, Dad is really ill. So as soon as you get back to Michigan, you need to get to Flint. So we did that, and uh, Dad was deathly ill. Dad died um, on August uh, 25th or 26th. And, um, so then we helped out mom and then she died December 4th. And both of those of 2019. 2019. Okay. Wow. And then, um, then Adam died July 2020. Um, but in the meantime, Adam would kind of say things about, we just talk about death a lot, but it was always in a positive experience yeah. because when you die, uh, you know, we're looking for eternal eternal life with with our god right so it was always a positive talk it was nothing and it was just like hey you know we're 
you know, we're 59 years old. We're going <laughs> to, we're getting older. You know, you just talk about death once in a while. And, uh, but um, when COVID hit, by that time, Adam had just finished um, getting his parents' house cleaned out and it was for sale. And then we just kind of lounged around like the rest of the world. At that time, um, though, it, COVID was a cover-up for him because all of a sudden he couldn't do things he used to do. Um, like he wouldn't want to go for a walk. And prior to COVID, we would go be at the gym and he was a speed walker. He had, speed, he had walked three to five miles uh, uh, about three times a week. And um, I used to be a speed skater and I would have to jog to keep up with him. And so he was a fast walker. And then all of a sudden, um, once after COVID hit, around uh, April, May, um, it was hard to get him to go for a walk. So he would take me to uh, the lake, um, one of the um, a gun lake near us, and uh, drop me off by the beach. Him and the dog will go to the end of the lake um, end of the road and I would take and uh, get my steps in by walking down where they were, walk with them a little bit. I would walk back and him and the dog would come pick me up. Uh, we noticed that the dog wasn't really being as active and thought maybe our dog would die because he was about 12, 13 years old. And um, so we're, I was just, we figured the dog was going to die. Turns out um, <laughs> it wasn't the dog, it was Adam. The dog was covering for Adam. Oh. And uh, after Adam's passing, um, the dog is back to walking two, three, four miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> um, he was being covered up by COVID. Um, so with, after, uh, during the COVID time in June of 2020, I just happened to be in Costco and ran into my doctor. And she said, asked me, hey, Sue, how are you? I said, I'm fine, but I'm concerned about my husband. And I, she goes, tell me about it. And I said, he's just doing weird stuff. Um, I says, he doesn't want to do things that we used to do. And um, and, and one time, I don't even don't tell a lot of people this, now, I'm just going to tell the whole world. <laughs> but <laughs> he, um, I wanted him to go for a bike ride. And he's like, no, he goes, what are you trying to kill me by going for a bike ride? And I was like, uh, no, so I'll just go for the bike ride myself. Never mind, you know, but he was kind of upset. I want to take him for a bike ride. And so I told my doctor that, and I said, that's totally out of the ordinary for him to get upset that I asked him to go for a bike ride. Um, him and I would ride, um, a 35 mile ride was something we could do easily. Um, one day we went for a 70 mile bike ride. You know, we, he, he would, we could do stuff. Um, so him just not wanting to go for a, a half hour bike ride was like, what's going on? And, uh, so she said she wanted to see him in a, her office the next day. He had another doctor, um, that he, uh, the last time he had seen him, he came home and told me, I just, that doctor isn't even listening to me. And so anyways, he saw mine. Um, she said, I need you to see a cardiologist. And, uh, so within a few days, he's in a cardiologist office, comes home. He goes, I did a family history. He goes, it was very interesting, my family history. And, uh, there, um, gave him a heart monitor. And at the end of the week, going back and doing a stress test. And so he did. And, uh, 
then he came home from that and uh, I was like, how long were you on the treadmill for? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was on for like 14 minutes. And uh, so he, he goes, yeah, I did good. And um, so then a few days later, uh, and they said, he had told me if uh, they find anything, they're going to give me a call for a follow-up visit. A few days later, he gets that phone call. And this is still in June. And he, um, they said, uh, we want you to come in July 22nd. And he said, asked them, can I get any earlier? And they're like, no, doctor's busy. And he says, well, then I assume that you assume that I'll still be around. And uh, they're like, well, we hope so. Mm -hmm. And uh, turns out he wasn't. Uh, afterwards, a few months later, after he had died, I was talking to his brother, Daniel. And he had told me, he goes, Sue, I goes, I wasn't feeling good. I went to urgent care. And um, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I'm just feeling lightheaded and just kind of feeling off. And, and I said, well, uh, that was Adam's big symptom. I said, you need to let your doctor know you need to see a cardiologist. And I said, the other thing to watch for is a throat. Adam had a throbbing throat that his doctor said, just put your head back and it'll go away. Well, it would. But after a couple of years, what's really going on? And so I told Daniel, watch for that. He goes, oh, I have that. And he's had it for a couple of years. So I said, okay, I'm getting Adam's medical records released from the cardiologist to your doctor. Um, his doctor had them for a year, kept on saying, no, you're fine. It's no big deal. Uh, yeah, vertigo or something like that. Um, over about August of 2021, um, Daniel wasn't feeling a good again, but went to Costa Rica, came home, and in September, had a heart attack, lived, got to Alpena Hospital, and uh, after a week and a half or so there, they said, "We, you need the same surgery your brother needed. Um, this is genetic. Um, so obviously this grandfather that um, died um, they're now tying the grandfather, Adam, and Daniel all together. This is a genetic thing. and uh, But you need to go to another hospital. Their bed is available. Uh, or, you know, October 7th is your appointment. and um, But you'll be fine. It's not life-threatening. And Daniel was uh, found dead in his bed on September 26th at 59 and a half. Adam was 59, um, five weeks or so from being 60. So the brother died actually younger than Adam really did. The, the so, year after Adam. Yeah. So now there were four deaths in the Porter family in 25 months. And um, so... Um, Can we... I'm sure we'll get this eventually, but do you do you want to go back to that day? Just kind of like how... And you know, we talked like you kind of went through the whole day and kind of how that happened. If you want to go ahead and talk about that. For which, which day? The day he passed away. The day he passed away, um, that was really interesting. Um, it was a Sunday, and um, I, in the morning, um, well, the week before he died, uh, we had a sacrament service, and um, the Holy Spirit guide used uh, the Holy Spirit to uh, for through Adam to call two men into the ministry. So Stephen Stratton was called to be a teacher, and Eric Lee as a priest. So the, now, fast forward, the Sunday Adam actually died, um, 
I had got dressed in the morning and I, I thought I was, what I was wearing was a little casual. So I'll put on a nicer dress. And, uh, so when I did, um, Adam goes, well, you look really cute today. You should wear that more often. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, um, the few days leading up to that, he kept on telling me how cute I was. And I'm like, okay, thank you, buddy. <laughs> you know, you're like a boyfriend, not a husband now. And, um, so anyways, and then I'm going through the newspaper, and this is before going to church, and I was like, Adam, there are like three people in Middleville, which is a small town, at the age of 59 that died this week. He goes, yeah, that happens. Let's get going before, it, it, you know, we were running late. And so then we get to, we're driving to church, and uh, we go past the McDonald's, and I said, oh, I really feel like a Diet Coke today. And he goes, oh, he goes, no matter what stressful thing in you happens in your life, please don't go back to Diet Coke. Um, keep yourself healthy. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get a Diet Coke. I'm going to get a nice tea. Um, but I said, I just feel like, I'm, no, I will, I'm not. And he goes, yeah, please don't ever drink Diet Coke again. And so then um, we have the church service. And uh, coincidentally, she has a McDonald's IC on the table right now. <laughs> just, just to full, paint you a picture. Full transparency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not a Diet Coke. Yeah. Unsweetened. <laughs> there we go. With light ice. <laughs> and um which my grandkids make fun of me all the time about grandma and her large iced tea unsweetened <laughs> light ice and uh <laughs> so um yeah anyways um so throughout the day uh and on the way home from church i had said something like oh you know um Somebody didn't say, you know, I, I wish the conversation with somebody else would have been more. And he goes, oh, don't worry. He goes, you'll be getting a lot of attention soon. I'm like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. He goes, eh, you'll see. And uh, <laughs> so then we go home and he cooks up, grills some veggies. And we're eating out on the deck. And it's just a beautiful July day. And uh, it was really actually a very beautiful day. And then after we eat, he sits back in a chair and takes a nap. And I lay down on you know one of the outdoor love seats. And took a nap and I um, slept very soundly and I usually don't take a nap and um, I wake up and he uh, he goes you slept soundly I said yeah it's like God was preparing me for something I says why I don't I never sleep that soundly like not for a nap and uh, so then he asked me he goes so what would you like to do with the rest of our day and he's looking at me like as if he's asking me out on this big date you know just to his body language and and um, I says, well, how about if we, you know, we were like this or that. And we decided to take out this old boat, that which we really never used. But he had spent a couple of weeks getting it all cleaned up. So um, he goes, well, before we do that, let's pick up the house a little bit. He goes, the breezeway is kind of a mess. And I said, oh, yeah, it is. And um, I had been garage sailing. I emptied out my car and just threw it in the breezeway. Just this enclosed room between the house and the garage. And, uh, and he goes, okay, I'll, and I'll vacuum. And uh, so he worked in the house a little bit, and I worked outside and uh, in the breezeway. And uh, he comes out, he goes, wow, this looks really nice. I said, oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> and um, so then we uh, were ready to go on the boat ride, and then our daughter Heidi calls and says, hey, Caleb wants to come spend the night. Caleb is my oldest grandson. At the time, he was 14. And he just randomly told his mom, I want to go spend the night at Grandma Susie's and Grandpa's. So um, I said, okay, we'll wait for you. So they came. We They went on the boat ride with us. Boat motor dies. Uh, we go back to our house. Um, 
Heidi left, uh, went to visit her sister, and then uh, it was just me, Adam, and Caleb. Then uh, we have some shrimp to eat, which um, I had just bought at Costco a little bit ago, and I came home with this great big shrimp, and Adam's like, why did you get that? And, um, and I says, well, just for a special time when Caleb's with us, because Caleb likes shrimp. So that was our special night, having shrimp dinner with Caleb. And then uh, as soon as we're done eating, I, this is kind of interesting. He, I wanted to go for a bike ride. And, um, and so it was kind of like between Caleb and Adam's like, okay, who wants to go for a bike ride with me? Knowing that they both can't because we only had two bikes. And so I'm just kind of like doing, you know, you know, really it was just, I was just trying to get one of them to go with me. But we're not going to leave Caleb. So <laughs> mm. I don't even know why the conversation even happened. And Adam asked me, he goes, why is it you need somebody to go for a bike ride with you? And I'm like, oh, in case the boogeyman jumps out of the bushes. And he goes, um, no boogeyman is going to bug you. <laughs> he says, as strong as you are and as fast as you ride, you can always go for a bike ride by yourself. And um, I was like, well, thank you, honey. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for the vote of confidence. Go for the bike ride. And Caleb is, did go with me. He's using grandpa's bike. That bike was just struggling. I don't know why we just didn't turn around, but we just kind of kept on going. And then by the time I got back, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And then um, I was just like, wow. And then I come through the house. Adam was out on the deck playing on his phone. And I'm like, oh, this living room carpet is all junky looking. Uh, we should get new carpet, honey. He goes, yeah, come here. And he had on his phone some plank flooring. He goes, this is something you could do easily. I'm like, oh, me. Sure. I'm going to take and replace the floor. Like, no, that is your job. Like, but he had started been saying a lot of like what I could be doing. And I'm like, uh, nobody, that's your job. And uh, so then um, he came in off the deck. I went on one couch playing on my phone. He's on another on his. Caleb's up on our countertop bar and playing on his computer, making a video. And, uh, you know, we're just doing casual talk. And then he says, well, it's about after 11. He goes, it's time for me to go put away the car and walk the dog. And he acted like he was happy about it. And I was like, okay. Like he was like, oh, I get to go do this chore. You know, I'm like, what? I'm like, whatever. And then he goes, by the way, there's a new boat motor in Greenville that you can get for $7.50. Or just go buy yourself a new boat. And I said, I'll go buy myself a new boat. Sure, I'll get right on that. And he gets up, walks out, and I just continued reading an article. Um, my niece, uh, Sarah, she was working on uh, um, with her job. She's a scientist on, on macular degeneration. And that's what Adam's mother had. And so I was just reading an article on it. And um, by the time I did with my article, I was like, wait a second. He should have been back in by now. I asked Caleb, have you seen Grandpa? He goes, nope. And then I noticed the dog was on our bed and I ran out of the house like, oh no, because I was starting to really suspect stuff. Um, I wasn't really sure what's, you know, it just, he's been acting weird. So then I um, opened up the door and I found him and I yelled for Caleb to call 911. I started doing compressions. Um, he was in the breezeway? He was in the breezeway. Okay. In the breezeway that he wanted cleaned. Yeah. So he was, I basically, he opened up the door. Uh, from the kitchen going out, closed the door and died. And, uh, you know, it was a heart attack. Um, 
And, uh, but apparently I, I, I don't think he suffered at all because his arms were just laying to his side. He had a smile on his face and the coolest thing, his eyes were half open with light beaming out of his eyes. And I'm like, so this is what you were talking about. So I'm yelling at this guy and I'm, so I tried to get him to breathe and I tried to do, you know, get some air into him and started compressions and I yelled to Caleb three times, called 911. I feel so bad about that. Poor Caleb, like, <sighs> he comes out, he goes, well, here's 911. He goes, here they are. He goes, I don't know what you want them for. And I says, just put it right down here on top of grandpa. And I'm doing compressions. And then Caleb's like, grandma, we got to pray. And I said, okay. So I started praying. And the dispatcher's like, ma'am, you need to be concentrated on compressions. I'm like, I can do compressions. And I can pray at the same time. And she goes, okay, okay. And um, so we get to about 100. We were in town. So we weren't far from the fire station. They arrive. They sent me and Caleb out of the breezeway. And then Caleb's like, Grandma, we, we need to call somebody in the church. Called, um, so I, we had Caleb's phone. My phone's in the breezeway. Um, we had uh, Caleb's phone, and his first contact for anybody in the church was Chris Moran, who lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, Chris, um, <laughs> I knew Chris likes to stay up late sometimes, so, uh, you know, because now it's midnight. And... Um, uh, Chris was in my breezeway before they, uh, the funeral home got there. Um, Adam, um, they worked on Adam. Um, after notifying Chris, Caleb, who Caleb, like a 14-year-old boy, totally took charge and to help me out here. And, uh, you know, the first phone call we made uh, as soon as we could was to um, his parents. So Heidi and Tony, Caleb's parents, um, they got down there immediately. They lived about a half hour away, and I think they made it in 20 minutes. What was fortunate there, another blessing, is that their younger son, Noah, was not at home. He was at his other grandparents. Just that afternoon, he goes, I want to stay at my at Grandma Lori's. And so, um, so they didn't need to worry about the 8-year-old at the time. Mm -hmm. They could just get in the car and take off. So that was a blessing. Um the funny part, if there's a funny part, um, after they worked on him for a while, they came over and says, uh, Mrs. Porter, uh, how many cups of coffee did your husband have today? I said, cups? You mean pots? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was a huge coffee drinker. So one of the things, you know, he just loved his coffee. Um, and uh, we had spare coffee pots in case we had <laughs> our coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, and so they come back and... Um, he goes, okay, he goes, that explains it. And he comes back and he goes, it tells me that he's pronounced dead. And I'm like, from what? The coffee? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? Yeah, that's a weird question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so apparently they did blood work and found a lot of coffee or a lot of caffeine. I don't know. Wow. Um, so anyways, um, you know, it was a long night. I figured out why God had me take that long nap. Because um, you needed it. I would need it. You know, but by the time, you know, um, immediately I had several church people there, um, several, I don't even want to say names because I'll probably miss somebody's name, but we had several people that were at my house. Um, it was just, it was amazing. Um, you know, before the police left, they're like, ma'am, is there anything that else we can do for you tonight? And I'm like, well, just keep an eye on my house, you know, you know, now that I'm here alone and. And you're like, okay, is there anything specific? I says, no, I says, I'll be okay. I says, I have protection. I have God. I have my dog and I have my gun. 
<laughs> and uh, I'll be okay. Sounds but... like a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? And I'm like, but if you can just keep an eye on my house. So anyways, but then I just felt like, you know, the, the church family was so supportive for me. And um, and i just so thankful for that. And, um, you know, like next day, Janine Addy sends me a poem that she wrote. And uh, that was just amazing. And uh, there's just so many things that happened. Let me... That's a good segue to this because, uh, Cody, what is different about this podcast than anyone you've ever done before? Well, okay. what, what do you what do you see on the table that I've never seen? Someone can prepare. Someone, yeah, I see must be twenty note cards, a couple of uh, papers here with everything. So um, I'm not even sure where we are on this, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think we do have that poem right there. If you want to read that, we can go in there. But yeah, there's a lot I of would note love cards here. To because Janine, I just saw her at the women's retreat, and she told me more about this. Every um, in the morning, she goes for a walk to, you know, say she just like that's my me time. Say my prayers. She goes, I'm walking, and I get a text message from um, Martin that um, Adam Porter has died. Um, she was devastated, and she said, uh, she just, she was devastated. So she said the Lord gave her these words. So this poem I received later that day, and she titled it, Until We Meet Again. I woke this morning to the loss of a dear friend, his earthly life called to an end. Though I cried in my pain and grief, I cried to my God and found great relief. Believing that Adam awoke today in a place of joy so sweet, standing now at Jesus' feet. Embraced by the Lord of love, who chose to leave his throne above. Jesus gave his life for Adam, you, and I, so that when we die, we may experience the love Adam today feels. When that day to us is made real, Adam devoted his life to serving God above, now standing in the presence of pure love. Adam always gave the best, trusting God with all the rest. Devoted to his children, grandchildren, and wife, Adam rejoiced in serving God his entire life. Sharing God's word, telling him his love, there was no doubt that he loved and served God above. God honored that service. Adam now stands with the one who desires to call us all his daughters and sons. Until we meet again, hug Jesus for me, my dear friend. That's dated um, July 13th, 2020, Janine Addy. Another thing I'd like to say about the date that Adam died is um, I have a niece who she mailed me a journal and a candle. I opened up that journal um, as soon as I received it, and I wrote down the date. And I put 7.12.2020. And I'm like, wait a second. Seven and 12 are godly numbers. He died on a Sunday, Sunday night. And he had announced to me that it was 11 o'clock. Um, shortly after 11 o'clock, he went out in the breezeway and met Jesus. I really, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, think that, um, or some kind of heavenly or angelly, I don't know, but some, he met something that made his light, eyes light bright up. So I want to just think that it was Jesus Christ himself. I could be wrong. He could have sent somebody else. But just the date that he died brings me comfort. That's it's fantastic. Just because 20 and 20 is 40. I was a math teacher. So I think <laughs> weird things about math. <laughs> numbers, yeah, numbers yeah. are... <laughs> yeah, same numbers. thing with my mom. She died on December 5th, 2017. And right before she died, and uh, she was like, uh, she had an infection. And 
Um, I don't know from strokes, but I was like, bah, mom, you'll take and you'll like this date that you're actually dying. <laughs> 12, 5, 17, we'll always remember your date. And then my mother-in-law, she died on the day before, uh, uh, a couple years later, but December 4th is how I remember stuff. But, um, but just that date, I was like on a Sunday and a seven and a 12 and 20 plus 20 is 40 and the 11th hour. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Um, something else I don't have on my note cards, but I, uh, when I mentioned that Heidi went over to her sisters to visit, they're on the driveway having a discussion and it was sunset time and they both like, whoa, look up in the sky. And they're like, it's like a window to heaven. It was like, uh, the, there was like this great big rectangle and it was like golden. And they're like, it looks like, <laughs> um, the heavens have just opened up for somebody to go up and meet Jesus. They're like, someone, it's like somebody is prepared for somebody. Both of his daughters? His Both of his daughters On saw the night this. he passed away. And it was about two hours before he passed away. Wow. Yep. I like to play around with quilting, and I made a landscape quilt that kind of depicts that. That's awesome. They drew me a picture, and I kind of did that. and um, So... Um, it's titled Window to Heaven. That's cool. So there's just so many things. Um, What's that? I see a really large piece of paper over there. What's that one? Um, um, after he died, uh, we were cleaning out the house. Okay. Um, and because I thought I needed to move because he did say I should move. So um, uh, right away, uh, he said it should be the last summer there. House is too much to maintain, blah, blah, blah. Uh, had a real um, real estate sale, had the house up for sale, um, had another blessing uh, due to time. I'm not going to go into that, but I pulled the house off the market. I couldn't find any place to go anyways. Over a year later, um, God led me to a different house. In the meantime, cleaning out the uh, Adams office, uh, we found in the file folder marked Wills, a letter he wrote. I won't read the whole letter, but at the end, it gives everybody who has a copy of this because he wrote to whom it may concern it says don't weep for me or us whichever the case may be for i behold the face of my creator and savior now my greatest wish for you and the most prized possession that i can leave to you is this advice believe in the lord jesus christ his father and the holy spirit keep his commandments be good to one another and have charity for all I have tried to follow Jesus all my life and love him. I've never been perfect, but have tried to live a good life and have no regrets other than to have preached the gospel more and or to help more, more people. Don't worry. God will take care of you and provide as he did when we were a family. We will be together in heaven, I'm sure. Love, Dad. And this, that's what you found a year later? Um, we found it right after he died. Oh, okay, I got you. Right after he died, we found that, and I carry it with me. Um, and then he, um, earlier in that letter part I didn't read, he mentions um, that um, there was a l extra letter enclosed inside this envelope that had been marked to be read upon his death, and it was a last love letter to me. So I have that in there also, and uh, it just all brings comfort because he's basically saying, you don't need to weep for me. Keep having joy in life. Um, my letter says, you know, we had a good time together. Keep enjoying your life. We'll see each other again soon. Um, the one song that makes me cry a lot 
<laughs> is um, I want to let Chewie meet again. Uh, and the name of that song is, uh, oh, I'm not sure which one it is. But anyways. Um, Cody said he would offer to sing that to you right now. If you'd like. um, no, no, yeah. yeah, number three, God Be With You. <laughs> God Be With You song. Um, went out to the Idaho reunion and they sang that and I just bawled like a baby. I pretty much, you know, when I do cry, um, it's generally because um, I miss him. And, uh, but also, uh, I quickly think about how blessed I was to even be married to this guy for so many years and just have a wonderful husband and that he loved God and that as a family, he taught us how to love God. And, um, and then it just, God's this wonderful, you know, thing that we really need to just, God's wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, you know, at his funeral, somebody said, um, we all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. I think that Adam knew for a year that he was going to die real quick. Okay. So back to Honduras, I didn't do this. Um, I didn't tell you about this part, but, um, Five weeks after he died, I messaged Ronnie Gill down in Honduras and said, can you tell me more about what happened on that mountain that day? And uh, and at the time, I was living at Emily and Jordan's house, my daughter and son-in-law, and because um, I just want, didn't want to be at my house. Anyways, I'm messaging him at night, and I'm like, tell me more. And he wrote back and says, I didn't want to tell you this before. Um, I didn't want to scare you, but Adam was dead on that mountain. And I was like, he said that Adam said he wanted to stop and take a break. He goes, that's fine. When we climb this mountain, we um, only get about halfway up or a quarter way up. But he says, a lot of people need to stop. It's a tough mountain. And he goes, but then when I saw Adam laying down with his backpack on, I thought that was really weird. Like, that's not comfortable. He goes, I then noticed Adam's not moving. He goes, I got closer. Um, he goes, there were no vital signs. He goes, Adam was dead. Um, he goes, I was never so scared in my life. I prayed. And then I, um, then I asked him, would you like me to anoint you with oil? And he just kind of real, very groggingly indicated a yes. So I anointed him with oil, said the prayer. When I said, amen, this is what Ronnie has said. He goes, I said, amen. Adam just jumped right up like he was a perfectly man. He goes, I thought, I, he goes, I was scared. How am I going to take this dead man off a mountain? And all of a sudden he just, I say, amen. And he's up and he's like, oh, wow. That was a uh, guy who uh, was communicating with me. And um, he goes, wow, you know, and, uh, and then they continued on their hike and went to visit this congregation. And the next day went to see a congregation and yeah. Um, so basically, um, when I found that out from Ronnie, that gave me a ton of strength. And I then started packing up my stuff and told Jordan and Emily, I'm moving back to my house. I know that God's got my back. Oh, wow. I know he does. God is going to be with me. Uh, on my license plate, I um, have a license plate that says angels watching over me, which goes with the scripture verse, uh, Psalms 91, 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Um, that's just one of the scriptures that uh, helps me. And um, and I'm out constantly. And another scripture I really like is one that is, uh, talks about strong and courageous. Because Adam told me that I was so strong. And that uh, from that bike ride, 
And he goes, you can do whatever. And that from Alma 531, and it says, and now because your faith is strong concerning that, yea, concerning the things which I have spoken, great is my joy. Um, strong and courageous is mentioned several times in the Bible. And, um, and or courageous of this way are strong, both Bible and Book of Mormon. Um, I, um, I knew right after he died, I was up in my sewing studio that he had built me which was gorgeous, but anyways, um, got me a new one at the new house. <laughs> and, um, but um, I was just like, okay, God, um, I'm really going to need you now. Before when I had Adam, Adam was kind of like the strong one, and I was just kind of like his tag along. Now, God, I really need you, and my faith is going to be um, something that I need. And that is why I travel to reunions. That's why I go to women's retreat. And retreat. Um, any kind of church thing, say, hey, uh, we're doing this. I'm like, okay, I'm making plans and I'm going. And it's because I have got to keep my cup filled. I got to keep um, I got to keep adding to my faith I, because that's what makes me um, able to handle life. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, so we are close to being out of time. So I just, I have two things here. I have a one question. And then uh, one comment. The comment um, escapes my mind right now. I literally just thought of it. But oh yeah, it's uh, that's quite the high bar that Adam set for us here because he's writing notes and love notes and everything like that. And just to have the presence of mind to write these letters for that, like that's that's a high bar that I'm like I never once thought about writing a letter. Yeah, um, that's because you use Apple Notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have a text or something. But um, that was just that was just crazy. But um, something that kind of stuck out to me was when. Uh, you said, you said that you know that night that it happened, everything there was, you were making messages and people were showing up out of the blue and everything. And um, I know personally that everybody does handle grief differently. Um, and when you were saying that stuff, like I, I kind of was, you know, interested to hear about that. Um, and I know, I know, like when I, you know, somebody is, you know, my grandfather passed away about a year ago, and it just happened to be I was alone when I got the phone call about it. And I was just like, I was getting ready to go to church. And I was like, oh, wait, I, oh, let me. And I was like, I didn't, I had time to process. I was driving to church and I was like, I, I think I need to process this for a second. So I know that everybody processes grief differently, but just when it sounded like when you had, it sounded like you, everything that you needed just kind of appeared that night. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So um, I did feel just a ton of support. Um, and then my doctor actually had suggested a support class. Um, and then um, recently I was just like, you know, I really uh, want to, uh, through the stages of grief, um, you have that shock and you have the denial and the anger. And there's so many, there's like five main uh, stages at the top of that is where you want to start helping others. And I feel like I'm there. Um, now, of course, I something can happen and you're kind of this the, whole grief the, thing. The top of that's the last step? Yeah. Okay. So once you're up. kind of processed your grief, you want to start being able to help others. And I talked to uh, Joyce Lee in our local. Her husband died literally one day after Adam turned 50. And I remember that because on his 50th birthday, we took her shopping to help her get a, um, a coffin or her casket. It, they... Sold, sold him at Costco at the time. Anyways, um, so Joyce has been a widow for 12 years, and um, and then myself, and then we have another lady in our local who um, her husband um, passed on a year before Adam. And, uh, and then we have um, Evelyn Lee. Um, her husband died a few months after Adam. And uh, so at the cemetery, we have our own little... Um, 
within 23 feet there's four of us <laughs> oh wow, wow. <laughs> and um and so family church of christ we're 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 right there together and um so anyways we are putting together uh joyce lynn and i are uh, meeting and our goal is to create a grief support program for the church of christ so that when someone experiences a sudden death or a plan, you know, someone, you know, expected to die or whatever. But when someone has that, like, wait a second, um, I want to be able to call somebody um, that they could call us. We'll get in contact. Our goal is to get something set up, uh, Zoom meetings that are regular that we can just get on and uh, we can be a support to people. And so it's kind of like... Um, I was doing GSSA, the superintendent, and um, I talked to Betsy Trujan about it, who's the assistant, and she goes, hey, so now Holly Bartlett has volunteered to kind of take over for me so that my energy and mental energy can go towards learning more about grief so I can help others. And uh, so that's what we're kind of um, to make, uh, kind of to like honor Adam and um, or just, you know, it's just something that we can do to help where we're at, use our experience um, to help somebody else who's going through it. Do you have a name for this program yet? No. Do you have Do any ideas? Good grief. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> good grief. Good grief with Sue Porter. Yeah. I like but it. In all honesty, though, I, I think I sense a spinoff podcast series right here. I think it's great. I, we have okay. plenty of room for extra podcasts. So. All right. So okay. I, I know we're getting close to time. Is there a way, uh, a preferred method, if people have ideas or suggestions or maybe would like to um, provide some input or just see if they can help you in any ways or a preferred way they can contact you. Sure. Yeah. Um, my email um, is like Sue Porter without vowels. Um, it's S P R T R nine at gmail.com. Repeat that one more time. S P R T R nine at gmail.com. Dot com. And it's also going to be linked into the the Facebook and Instagram posts when we send out this message too. So, uh, Sue, I want to thank you so much for coming here and share your story. Um, did did we get close to getting those all those note cards? Taken um, or anything think, else you got to get? I think I tapped into about uh, three of them. And uh, basically, <laughs> what I just really want to share is uh, my thankfulness um, towards the. Uh, all the brothers and sisters in the church that have just been a massive support for me and my family. Um, it's just totally God led. Um, we didn't even talk about the house that I did get. Uh, God literally uh, used my daughter, Emily to get um, through her real estate search, um, got a house. It's on a lake and it's perfect for baptisms. And we've had a baptism there. Lydia Moran. Awesome. So, so that's perfect. Well, once again, I want to thank you, Cody. Like anything else to say? Uh, yeah, eat your breakfast. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> my breakfast. Uh, yeah, exactly. So once again, thank you so much. And you're welcome. Uh, you're and welcome. then yeah, if, if anybody has anything they can add to, or if they need to talk to anybody that they need to help with grief, go ahead and reach out to Sue any way you need to. And I'm um, like she'll be glad to assist. And it sounds like as soon as you get done with that, then you're going to be helping Sue with with this um, need that will be for you know everybody to come. So thank you so much again. And thanks for uh, listening to our podcast. Thanks guys. Thank you.